Welcome to the Vantage Performance Podcast. I'm Phil Dobby, and today we look at navigating the growth curve. How can you ensure that your business continues to prosper as demand increases? How do you scale up, in other words? Michael Finglund is Executive Director and CEO of Turnaround Specialists Vantage Performance. He says the most dangerous and hardest period in the growth of a small to medium business is the period when its turnover pushes beyond $15 million. Now, Michael, I'm surprised it's actually not earlier than that before businesses start to struggle with this with this idea of scale. Most most successful entrepreneurs can get to $15 million pretty much on their own. You know, they've, they've built a, a good business, but it's heavily reliant upon them and their brand and their goodwill and their ability to inspire their, their team, if you like. The, the reason why most businesses get into strife when they're going from 15 through to 50 is they're having to upgrade pretty much everything in the business. Mm. And most businesses that are transitioning from that 15 to 50 mil mark are usually doing it at a fair rate of knots. And um, and because they haven't done it before, they don't know the pitfalls that, that lay ahead. So it is scaling up then, isn't it, really? And isn't a big part of that, therefore, uh, making the capital investment so you can operate efficiently from that point onwards? Yeah, it's, it's, it's capital is certainly part of it. But when, you, when you're going through that, that, that transition, every, and I mean every part of the business needs to be overhauled, um, for want of a better word. You, you've typically outgrown the skill set of a lot of the, the managers you've got in the business. So they either need to be retrained or or, or they need to you know, um, develop new skills, new management skills to cope with you know, the demands of a much bigger business. Um, their capital structure, usually if you've had a, a fairly simplistic, you know, overdraft or equipment finance type type lending structure, very simple, uh, you need to, to, to uh, put in place uh, uh, a more sophisticated and flexible funding structure, and whether it's debt or equity, um, to to assist with that growth. Because a lot of businesses, and, and ironically, roughly one third of our clients over the last fifteen years, uh, that get into strife are still growing at thirty or forty percent year on year, yeah. and they outgrow their systems, they outgrow their their finance structures, and that and that could be profitable. And, and, that, and that's the irony here is you can be growing 30, 40, 50% year on year and be profitable, but still run out of cash. Yeah. And I guess also, do you also run out of time? Because, I mean, if you're too mm. busy coping with the growth that you've got, uh, mm. you haven't actually got the time to put all these new systems and structures and processes into place. That's right. And that's you know, the typical you know, entrepreneurial CEO is always incredibly time poor and their excuse is you know i, I don't have time to to look at that or i don't have time to bring in expertise or i don't have let's deal with that in three or four months time uh, because they they can't see how you know uh, that workload is going to dissipate um so they hope that if things will get better in the future then you'll bring bring someone in or or, or, or hire some different people but when you're in that position it's 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 a a minority of of entrepreneurs who actually identify that and are aware enough and self-aware enough to know they need help now not in not in three months not in six months um, because as i said you know a lot of clients can go bust when they're still growing at 30 50 percent year on year right if you're the head of the business if you're the entrepreneur that got it all started though and you're failing to recognize that mm. isn't that a sign that you're actually not the right person to be running the business at that stage no not necessarily often what it needs and and this is why we've become huge advocates of of coaches and, and advisory boards uh, over over the years because you know a coach an executive coach and we're not talking a business coach here we're talking one-on-one very senior qualified 
30, 40 years in the business executive coach who can, who's, who's been through it and, and has seen all the pitfalls and, uh, uh, and advisory boards for the more sophisticated businesses because, you know, a, a business running that fast, no matter how good a CEO you are, you cannot see all the pitfalls ahead. You just can't. So you need someone objective who's, who's off to the side, whether they're an executive coach or, or you've got an advisory board in place, who can identify those issues and raise it to the level of concern that it needs to be raised to. So the CEO then, then 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 can put appropriate resources and time and energy into fixing those areas of the business. Right. But that executive coach or that uh, advisory mm. board, I mean, they're going to be hard to find, aren't they, the people uh, to fill those roles? Because they have to have been through this exact situation. That, Someone who's actually right. been in a large mm. corporation that's already been through this perhaps aren't mm. going to be able to offer as much advice. You need someone who has been there and experienced it. Oh, look, you do and you don't. I mean, the, the common mistake that a lot of entrepreneurial CEOs or, you know, family businesses make is, you know, to enable me to step back and, and spend more time strategizing and, and helping the business grow consistently, uh, they get a GM in. You know, they, th- they think a general manager is going to be the, 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 the panacea, so they get a general manager in and, and 12 months later, it's, it's, it's all ended in tears. The number of times we've come across clients that have tried that, it didn't work. Often what's more successful is to, is to bring in that coach or bring in an advisory board first. They can help you then um, uh, lay out the landscape of all the pitfalls that, are, that you're going to be uh, coming across over the next three to five years as you navigate through that $50 million mark. Because the once you've built all the systems, because one thing we haven't touched on is systems and supply chain and you know working capital management, all those areas are overhauled through that process. And typically, once you've got to $50 million and you've built all those systems, you've got really good you know uh, management reporting system, you've got great supply chain management, you've got more sophisticated survey tools um, to, to know how your customers and staff are, um, are doing on a regular basis. That infrastructure you've built, that will then carry you to 100 million and, and often 150 million. Um, so that, that just gives you some context as to how much building is actually having to t- take place during that 20 to $50 million mark particularly, because it does set you up for another $100 million worth of growth. So it is a lot of work that needs to be done and you can't cut corners. And this is where you build those really, really strong foundations. Right, because the general manager may well do exactly what you've been doing, which is coping with the growth rather than coping with the long term. But what you're talking about is putting the rigor in place, isn't it? So very often a company will have got to that 15 million stage by bolting stuff together, sort of like, a well, let's make do yeah. uh, just so long, you know, just long as we're getting the sales and it's all working. Uh, That's right, chasing growth for growth's sake. Hmm. Yeah, whereas uh, now you're talking about systems and, uh, and and processes that are, are, are going to enable you to grow as a as a big business. And again, I get back to that point I made earlier. Does that mean that uh, you know it, it? It seems like an entirely different mindset. And uh, uh, can you actually train managers who are not used to that to be able to cope with that? Yeah, you can. Most most management teams can uh, survive the journey, if you like. Uh, they'll need some additional training and. and a simple analogy is, I mean, as you're growing through that, that process, you, you might have got to 15, 10, 15 million dollars on the back of one key product or a few products, but once you're sort of you know, expanding geographically and, and, and all the rest, you're adding on multiple new service lines or product lines. And, you know, as an example, that's where having a more sophisticated reporting system and accounting system where you can, where you know uh, with certainty what the gross margin is for all those products so you can keep a, a track of you know, how, they're, how they're performing. Um, a lot of, you know, first-time 
entrepreneurs, whatever, just simply don't know what they don't know. So they don't know, all of a sudden they get to a $25 million business and they're still, still running a simple profit and loss where they don't know. They know they made money or they didn't for the month, but they don't know where or how or why. Laying out ahead of them a strategic plan by someone who's done it before multiple times, they can then adequately put resources in place so they are, as they are growing through that, that process, they're laying those foundations ahead of them. So they can still grow quickly, and it's, it's not a, it's not a um, discussion about slowing growth. You can still grow as quickly as you want, as long as you're laying those foundations ahead of you. And most management teams going through that process haven't done it before. So that's where the advisory board, executive coach, having you know 30-week cash flows, three-way forecasts, um, regular surveys, you know, all the tools that we've talked about you know, over the years in, in, in these podcasts, you've got to have those systems and tools in place to give you those warning uh, signals where things are starting to to go off the rails and so you've then got time to address them um, appropriately resource them fix those problems or, or if certain management teams or supervisors or people in the business aren't going to cut it then you need to also be aware of, of that and, and, and have plans in place to to replace them with more suitable um, skilled managers who can take the business to the next level but it's when you're running at such a pace like any athlete or any and that's why a coach or an advisor board is so critical is when you're running that fast no matter how good you are you just simply cannot see all the pitfalls ahead particularly if you've never been through that growth um, phase before so they act as the insurance policy um, your sounding board to make sure that the many many hurdles and there are many as you're growing through that that period particularly um, you, know, uh, you know can be can be navigated and a lot of the reason why a lot of CEOs get complacent in a way is because they have got to five or ten, like you said before, which is the the, the biggest danger period. You know, because as we know, most sixty you know, percent of all businesses fail in the first five years. So they think, okay, I've got through that five year period, great, it's plain sailing from here. But it's not. There's another big hurdle coming, and that's why you know, um, you know, eighty percent of all businesses are failed by the ten year mark. Yeah, that's a scary statistic, isn't it? So how do you know? Because I'm sure the point at which you need to start to make a move on all of this changes from industry to industry. We mentioned the, the $15 million turnover mark, uh, but it'll be different from company to company. So uh, how do you know when to start looking at an advisory board? Are, are there any warning signs that you should be looking out for? Yeah, there are. I mean, w- when you start to see the culture in the business starting to um, throw off some signs some, some, and, and just starting to deteriorate, customer complaints start to rise because you're running so hard to try and get product at the door, you're, you're cutting corners just to try and keep up with the sales. So custom, having a really good customer survey tool, we, we recommend the Net Promoter Score or MPS tool, which we've talked about on this, on this show before. That gives you really quick, uh, honest feedback as to how, how things are going. But they're the two, you know, if staff are, are, aren't happy and they're really struggling to keep up and, and, and you're starting to have staff turnover, key warning sign. Customer turnover, key warning sign. Customer returns, those sorts of things. Um, mm. When when you see your working capital, so your you, you, you cash, debtors, uh, stock and creditors, and there's a formula, you know, debtors, cash, less, and, and stock, less, less creditors, that's your working capital. That's how much cash you've got tied up in the business. If that is growing at a faster pace than your sales, then you know you're heading for a brick wall. So having a simple formula uh, in your monthly dashboard, which is why we always have this in here, is showing the rate of working capital versus the rate of revenue growth. And quite often, a lot of those businesses that are growing 30 50% year on year, that's what's getting out of whack. Their working capital is growing, so they're building up too much stock, they're not collecting in their debtors as quickly as they used to. Revenue's still going great, and that's what they're focusing on, and, and they're profitable, 
that all that cash is being tied up in the business and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger disproportionately to, to revenue growth. That means um, your, your cash flow coming out of the business is deteriorating even though sales are going up. That's, that's the biggest warning sign of all. Uh, that'll yeah. usually show up before the customer and employee survey concerns that are throwing off. Right. But I am sure that there will be business owners who will say, well, look, you know, uh, we've looked at the P&L. Uh, we make a good margin on our products. Uh, it's profitable. What you're talking about is, uh, is, is introducing things that are going to add cost. You're going to squeeze our margins more. Why would we want to do that? Well, again, to look at their cash flow. Profit doesn't always equate to, to cash flow. And that's where most management teams who haven't gone through that period before don't understand the difference. And there's a huge difference. So, you know, and we're talking about, you know, an executive coach, two or three grand a month. It is not a, it's not a huge cost. When you're thinking about how much money do you waste having to bring in a firm like us or, or another firm in a year's time where you're uh, experiencing significant growing pains. I mean, the cost of replacing a senior person in the team is about 15 times. When you think about the lost productivity, the lost time, lost training, and the cost of replacement. So you think about the cost of three grand a month, you know, 36 grand a year to 40 grand a year for, for, for someone to be that sounding board for you versus um, several hundred thousands of dollars if you lose one or two or three key people who just get churned up by the great the, the disruption and the pace of growth in the business uh, it's an investment it's not a cost yeah absolutely it makes perfect sense and here you are michael thingland talking yourself out of business again trying to get people out of trouble before they need you i don't know why you do it but i'm glad you do thanks for your time <laughs> cheers phil very insightful as always michael thingland on the vantage performance podcast next time what are the beliefs in your company do you need to know that's next time thanks for listening 